Hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, we're in the New Testament in the book of John. If you're in a place to grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, was very clear. It is, everlasting life is a free gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Too much of the time, you see, there's the get-together and there's the boast party, the gathering of the self-righteous and pious, and they do this and they do that and we do it this way, and it all becomes this neat and clean thing. Well, we have all that in religion. That's all there. We see that all around us all the time. And so he sees, Jesus sees clearly, their blockage is their own identity to their religion and their own self-righteous and ability to make themselves right. You know, we've read through the things and the way they would wash their hands a certain way and they would do this and they would do that. It was very strict and legalistic. And they attached all of their righteousness to that. But I dare say, we ought to always be careful. We can start to do that same kind of thing. My righteousness, your righteousness, is in fact a gift of God. It is not anything you could ever do. It is not anything you could ever earn. And the sooner we get off of that path in our minds ever and reject it and stay on the path of grace, the healthier, the better off we will all be in our journey and in what we portray to other people. Because when people look at us, they can see either plastic Christianity, that, that's just my term, plastic Christianity, meaning it's just fake. And we're constantly trying to, well, I don't do that, and I don't do this, and, and we're saying that's what makes us, I don't, I don't. No, the thing that makes us different, really, biblically, biblically, the thing that makes us different is we are sinners but we have been saved by God's grace. We embraced the simple truth of the cross. God came into our hearts, and he does change us. He does change the things that we do. But those things don't save us. Those things are evidence that he is within us, that grace is active in our lives, that his spirit is active in our lives. But the works themselves don't save us. They are just evidence of who it is that has saved us. But our human tendency is to go back to that and grab a hold of that and to start to reconnect with, oh, yeah, well, we don't do that. We start feeling pretty, yeah, well, no, we don't, no. Mm -mm." And and it's like, well, okay, I understand sometimes, hey, that's not going to work. We we don't function that way. We don't do that or we don't. I understand that our righteousness is not connected to that. What I'm driving at, is my righteousness isn't whether I'm wearing an Aloha shirt or whether I'm wearing a suit and tie. The message is the same. My end and my identity to Jesus is is neither way. It's not affected. My relationship with the Lord. The danger is, is in propagating or pushing through and saying, yeah, you see, this is how we do it and this is the way we dress and and that's what's right. 
I had someone tell me years ago, I was dealing with a lot of young people, and I was pastoring a, a church in southwest Missouri. I was younger, too. That, was, that happened to me once. Um, I was younger, and they were younger. And uh, while I was ministering there, I was doing a, we, we were doing a lot of youth events in the area for the community and stuff. And while we were there, we were doing a, a, a live radio interview. Several interesting things happened at that particular. This was a much older gentleman. And he was doing this interview with me on a local station there in town. And as we were doing this interview, he said, yeah, so you're kind of working with, you know, they were, many of them, wayward young people that were meeting Jesus. And it was just a great time. It was a great season. It was wonderful. And he says, so basically, um, you're introducing him to Christianity and then kind of mainstreaming. I, I, I didn't even know what he was talking about. I, I'm that, I just didn't even get it. I had to think about it for a while. While I'm thinking about that, while he's talking, we're just talking about other things. I, kind of, I went back to that and corrected that, by the way. But while we're talking, all of a sudden, we're talking, and he, he adjusts his glasses, and bleep, one of his glass lenses fell off and landed right on the tail. Now I'm fully distracted. It was worse than the donuts last week. And, I, I, it, and now his lens, he's looking at me with one lens, one no lens, and it, it just got really bad. For me, that's just really funny. And I, I you know, it's a live radio interview. I haven't done very many of those at the time, so I'm pretty uncomfortable with what's going on. Anyway, get back to the point of this, though. That was just part of, that was a sideline note. It had nothing to do with anything other than just a distraction. And so I get back to this thought. I said, well, you know, when you're saying mainstream, what do, what do you mean? Well, you know, get them, you know, kind of basically the same. He, he described like dressing right and, you know, getting their hair cut and looking like they're supposed to be a part of society or something. And I'm, like, well, no, no, I haven't even really ever thought of any of that. Um, just really trying to, trying to introduce him to Jesus Christ, wanting to teach him God's word, just wanting to love on him. And, oh, oh well, you know, that, I, I mean, that's what I mean. But, you know, I just, you know, oh, oh, you know, I think I understood exactly what you mean. A lot of even Christianity starts to slip into that kind of thought process. I understand we can have preference on things. I, I understand that. But we can never cross that line of righteousness. Travel just a bit. And if you get in and out of the country a little bit, you notice that, hmm, Christians here do this and wear that, and they're comfortable about that. Hmm, Christians here do this, and, and, and they're comfortable about Hmm. Because I guarantee you, the Japanese that we minister to all over Japan are... They do not look like you and I look. They don't even wear necessarily similar clothes. Does that make them a less Christian? Okay, you get where I'm going with this. That's Jesus' heart. Always, always, always. I find for me, I find for us as Christians that we've got to constantly stay in that place of God's grace, listening for our shepherd's voice. They couldn't hear him speaking to their hearts because religion had blocked their ability. They'd become dull of hearing. You see, when I get away from grace, I can become dull of hearing. We can miss what God's wanting to speak to our hearts and into our lives. Sure, there's an appropriate, maybe a wiser choice in some things so that you can bridge a gap or whatever. I understand that. And you want to be sensitive. Paul the Apostle said, I want to be all things to all men that I might win. 
the more to Christ, that I might be able to, there, there wouldn't be a blockage. You know, I, I, that's fair. I understand that concept. So Jesus said, no, I told you in verse 25, and you do not believe. They don't believe. They're not willing to put all of their weight and lean on that. That word belief. They're not willing to do that. They're trapped with, I've got to have something to do with it. I wash this way. I do this. I go through these things. Think about it for us. It can go into our devotional lives, which we want to maintain. And if, obviously, if you can get a little more time, you're probably going to benefit a little bit more. More time with God's always good, Right? But sometimes all you can grab is, man, I threw a CD in, and I listened on my way to work, and I'm just thankful that I got to hear some of the Word of God. Sometimes that's, that's what we do. Now, should you go flogging yourself and, oh, well, gosh, I'm just less of a believer today than I was yesterday. I spent, you know, 45 minutes with the Lord yesterday, and now I've only got 15. And you know, Hey, God loves us, period. God loves us. He knows right where you're at. Yeah, sure, it's going to benefit you in your journey with him and getting to know him. And it may, may even help combat some issues going on in your life that day. Sure, good time spent with God is, is beneficial. But don't get legalistic because it's a moment-to-moment relationship with the Lord. Look as he says, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. You've seen, this is on the heels of the blind man. A creation event, really, because this guy never had sight. And he's been healed, and he can see. It was creative. It wasn't just a repair work done. God gave him, in the person of Jesus Christ, the ability to see. This is right on the heels of this, and you know why. Because that all happened in chapter 9. And what chapter are you in today? Chapter 10, exactly. They but right up against each other, so they came right after each other. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. You're not part of the fold or the flock. That is a, that, that's a radical statement. And sometimes we think, oh, well, Jesus was such a cool, just totally inclusive guy, and he just, you know, yeah. True. Jesus is very inclusive, and yet totally exclusive at the same time. God is not willing that any should perish, but all, that all should come to repentance, have everlasting life. That, that, that's God's desire. And then he says, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father, but through me. It's totally exclusive and inclusive all at the same time. There's only one way in. He's talking about, remember the, the opening. The opening only allowed one in. You know, there's only one way in, one way out. And that's all that there was. Jesus says he is that opening. He's explained all that to them. And he says, but you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. Why are they not of his sheep? God doesn't want anything to do with them. They're all caught up in religion, you know. You know, they're all legalistic, so we don't want anything to do with that. Why does God not want, why are they not his sheep? Why, what would make them not his sheep? What makes it when we can speak to multitudes, dozens receive Jesus Christ and dozens don't? Why is that why is that, that way? There's something blocking their ability to hear. It can be our own sin, 
It can block our ability to hear. It can be our religious views that can block our ability to hear. But one of the greatest things that can ever happen is when we become totally desperate. When we just know that we know that there's something wrong. I remember when I got back to that point in my life, after knowing the Lord, getting at a distance from God, and then coming back to that spot where, you know, something's not right. Life isn't working the way, you know, commander of our own destiny. Some of us know how that all works. It it's, may be true, but it's not, it ends up not being a very good destiny. But we get this, this thing in our mind, and we're, I'm going to do it my way, and this and that, and it doesn't go well. And then we start to realize, man, I need help. I need some hope. And there's Jesus. Somehow, some of the things that are clogging the things up, man, I'm, I'm willing to listen because I'm desperate. I, I pray our world becomes radically desperate. Everybody says, oh, boy, I'm just hoping for the economic things to turn around. Yeah, I mean, whatever. I'm not all focused on all that. I'm focused on what is God going to do with these economic circumstances that are going on. How is God going to use this situation? Maybe this is what God wants to allow. Maybe there's going to be a tremendous harvest throughout our world. Do you realize it's not just the United States that's struggling a little bit. It's all over Europe, all over the Orient. There's struggle going on all over the world economically right now. I believe in total preparation for the Antichrist. That's my personal conviction scripturally. It's total preparation. Because you see, they're in need of a fix. One world economic system. Oh, that'll solve a lot of problems, won't it? We'll all be more interconnected. We're not far from that already, huh? Those of you know how you can transfer money, right? I mean, it, you can shoot it all over the globe. If you had any, you shoot, but I don't shoot any anywhere, so it moves fast, though, doesn't it? That's a newer thing. What is going on? Man, all I know is you and I that have the Word of God and we have an opportunity to share this living Word. Those who are listening, those who are looking, for the shepherd. Those who are looking for truth are going to hear it. Those who are looking for truth are going to hear it. Those who are his are going to hear it. So what are you saying? There's some that are his and there's some that aren't? Well, I guess so. That's what the Bible says. Well, I thought we chose it. Well, and then it says he chose you too. You've got to reconcile that, don't you? We've got to make that decision. Because the funny thing is, I'm excited because of the fact that, as a believer, that he chose me. Somebody I'm talking to says, well, you know, I'm just not a believer, and, and, you know, I don't like that. I don't like that, you know. Well, why? Well, because I guess he didn't choose me because I'm not a believer. All you do is invite him to pray a simple prayer of faith. Would you believe on Jesus Christ? Would you give your heart to the Lord? No, I don't want to do that. Well, I guess he didn't choose you. All of a sudden, you pray again, and you talk to somebody, and they say, yeah, I'd like to pray that prayer. Well, let's pray that prayer. All of a sudden, they realize, wow, God chose me too. Yep. God's not going to force himself on anybody. There's this interworking of that, and we get hung up, and there's all kinds of doctrinal disputes over simple truth that we see right here in front of us. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
My sheep hear my voice. You know, there are some in earshot right now that are hearing the voice of the Lord, knowing it's time to come home. Get right with Jesus. Stop playing the game. Stop being silly and just get right with the Lord. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I remember even when I was not following close with the Lord and I was wanting to walk with God again, inside my heart I was seeing, man, there's something wrong. And I'm telling you, I heard when the Lord was speaking to my heart. And I know that some of you can hear that same voice today. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. So I guess there is an eternal security, isn't there? But based on what? Because I'm one of his sheep. I'm in his hand. The interesting thing, because I don't get caught up in these debates too far, okay? Because I could argue effectively on either side of some of these things, because the Bible argues effectively. Be careful. Be careful, brothers and sisters. You'll get legalistic. You start arguing too tightly on either side of that. Because I'm telling you, you can argue, read through Ezekiel. Without twisting it, you can argue Ezekiel stated very clearly, oh, absolutely. You could walk away and lose your, you could eliminate yourself from salvation. Clearly. But you say, well, no, wait a minute. It says right here in John's gospel that, that he's, if you're in his hand, he can't write. The key is staying in his hand. It's not complicated. If you go through, I really stick with, because it keeps it simple. I don't have to get caught up in the debate on either side of this. Because it's, it, look, the main thing is that we get there, right? The safety zone is what? John chapter 15, which we will cover eventually, if we can get more than five or six verses done in a session. We'll get there. But John chapter 15, interesting. John chapter 15, abide in Christ. That's really the safety zone. Just not finding out how much I can just live and do whatever I want to do and then still have salvation. It is more how much can I love and follow God? How close can I be in my relationship to the Lord? Not how much can I sin and still have salvation. That's wrong motive right there. So for us, we know that the key is really staying in his hand. And man, I'm telling you, if you're in the Father's hand, read about it. Do a word search and study through about, well, the hands of Christ is powerful enough study and what all went on with the hands of Christ that were etched in his hand. And you know how we got etched in his hand, in the palm of his hand, through the piercings that he took. That's powerful enough. And you think about the hand of God, which stretches forth, and he holds all of the universe in his hand. That's a big hand. I try not to read too much on all this stuff because it just blows my brains out too much. It's too, too much. But they're finding new galaxies every day. I can't even grasp the galaxy that I'm living in, okay? It's just vast and enormous. And now they're finding more and more and more. And God's hand, it's right there. Our God is awesome and vast. Huge. And he loves you. The Bible says he knows how many hair are on your head, or a few there maybe. But he knows. He knows you. He knows me intimately. He knows what we're all about. He knows what we think. He knows how we act. He knows everything about us, and he loves us. And he wants to have relationship. And he calls out as a shepherd to those who would hear his voice to follow him. I love that, that God 
through his son, calls us. Think about the, think about the disciples. And you as a disciple, think about the disciples, that they were called. He chose them. In their culture, that choosing someone to stay with and follow was a very significant matter. It meant that they saw something that they were willing to train and work with that individual to raise them up, to utilize them. That the shepherd did that. And I see that and I think, man, that's radical. That's powerful. And that God chose you. And that God wants you to follow him today. If we will but hear his voice. I will give them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Isn't that what's interesting? What makes you different? Even if you're in a prodigal state right now. Even if you've been kind of running from God. And God's drawing you back. One of the powerful things is. Is right now you can hear his voice. That's the, that's the difference between you and these religious leaders. They couldn't even hear him. But you can hear his voice today as the Lord would draw you into that place of fellowship. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. You are secure in your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I do not believe you're secure because of a list that you've created of do's and don'ts. I don't believe you're secure because you do 15 minutes of devotions or 55 minutes of devotions or 170 minutes of devotions or you spend eight hours a day reading the Word of God. I don't believe you're secure in that. I believe you are secure because of God's love, because of His grace and His mercy, because of the finished work of the cross and because you believe on Him. If you believe on Him, that's going to change you, isn't it? It changes us. If we believe, it's going to impact us. It's an active faith that we have. But the reality is that action is based on the belief. It doesn't save you. We've talked about this when we do baptisms. Baptism doesn't save anyone. Confession and profession of the person of Jesus Christ is what saves us. Outward evidence of that is, yes, I want to follow through and be baptized. Circumcision only was an evidence, an outward evidence, that these were God's people. And Paul talked about the circumcision of the heart, the cutting away of the flesh, of the heart, that we might follow the Lord. Hi, this is Pastor Jim. I know a lot of times as we listen to the Word, sometimes we really get convicted by God's Word. And you know, there's those times where we really need to repent and give our lives over to the Lord. The Bible, it says, for the wages of sin is death. You know, death is something, this, this destructive force, and it's this thing that, you know, our, our bodies are in this slow decay process. And, and, you know, ultimately, we all are going to have a physical death. But spiritually, you don't have to die. We would die in our sin if not for the gift of God, and that's eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so we want to receive that gift. We don't want to be paid the wages of our sin. We want to have everlasting life. And so you can pray this simple prayer of faith. If you've been 
you know, listening and just hearing and just knowing that, man, God's tugging on your heart and you just know that there's something more to this life. Well, God wants to make himself real to you, just like he's done in my life as I was once troubled and struggling and distant from God, partying, trying to drown all my, all my sorrows as it were. But, but the, you know, the Lord is there and he loves you and wants to meet you right where you're at. Just pray this simple prayer along with me. It doesn't matter whether you're driving or out on a walk, just with your earbuds in, just in, in a place where you can listen on your computer, wherever you might be. If you're listening to this right now, you can pray this simple prayer and have everlasting life. Jesus, I want to ask that you'd forgive me of all my sin. I want to ask that you would come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. I give my life to you. I don't want the wages of sin, which is death, but I want the gift of God, eternal life in Christ Jesus, my Lord now. I'm thankful, Lord, for your forgiveness, and I just ask that, Lord, as I start this new life, you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit, that my life might please you and bring you glory. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you can be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, the service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word, and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountains. Jesus,